Hello, dear friends. We are sincerely glad to greet you again. And today, we are going to talk to the esteemed Igor Mikhailovich Danilov. Greetings. Igor Mikhailovich, today I would like to discuss the following topic. You know, when a person makes some kind of a difficult decision in his life or doesn't know what to do, very often he might hear a recommendation from people around him, such as, listen to your inner voice. And you know, when a person doesn't understand what the inner voice really is, in this case he finds sort of an advisor in his head, who really gives him advice, sometimes even quite a good one, warns him of dangers, prompts or helps him in life, and in some matters. However, it so happens that a situation sometimes gets out of control, and this very good friend or advisor suddenly turns into an aggressor who comments on all actions and deeds of a person and gives him orders, severe orders at that. You know, this subject is very subtle, and it is actually quite poorly studied by modern science and medicine. And it is one thing, it's good when people are critical about this voice in their head, and when they do not succumb to those provocations and do not listen to the orders in their head. But it is really scary when people actually act according to the obtrusive recommendations which sound in their consciousness. Thus, they certainly do harm both to themselves and to people around them. In this regard, there is a question, Igor Mikhailovich, what should people do, first of all, because they understand perfectly well that medical care doesn't help them, modern therapy doesn't help them, they seek help from one another or on various forums, where quite dubious methods are offered, which are related, among other things, to an altered state of consciousness. But the outcome of such actions and such experiments is one, aggravation of this very situation. What is a voice in the head? What causes give rise to it? After all, we know that in medical science doctors say that this is, let's say, schizophrenia, and it is caused by a disorder of some brain functions. Is it always like that? Well, the question is serious. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, there are three causes. The first cause, as you have voiced, is really schizophrenia, my friends. It is due again to the disease itself, which is an organic lesion of the brain. There is also another reason, is an interference of the so-called third forces, that's already a category of mysticism. We are already shifting to esotericism and mysticism, and we touch upon an even more mystical third part, which I guess is basically the most frequent one. This is subpersonality. Those are former personalities that live in almost everyone, in huge numbers at times. Can subpersonalities be attributed to third forces? No, they cannot be. Again, there is a very serious difference here. Third forces influence a person from outside, whereas subpersonality influences a person from within. That's interesting. That is, for understanding, let's put it as follows. If we consider the human structure, a human being is not just a visible part that we observe, but there is also an energy component, you cannot argue with that. Everything living emits energy. There are certain laws, and there have been the Kirlian effects, where it was shown that an amputated part is intact at an energy level. 
So, it is clear there is an energy structure. In this structure there is that which we call the soul, as it is generally accepted. It is what comes on the eighth day from the birth of a human, when a human becomes a human. On this carrier, on this very soul, thanks to which, by the way, our personality is formed, meaning exactly we are formed, while secondary consciousness is formed already as a reflection. As for primary consciousness or animal consciousness, as it is also called, it emerges in the womb, together with all the organs, so to say. It is primitive, and as we repeatedly said, it can develop up to five or six years old, let's say, according to a person's age. Later on it becomes wiser, accumulates certain skills, but it remains at the level of its development at about this age, approximately as a well-developed primate, not more, meaning it is animal consciousness, so to say. Thus, sometimes there can be a lot of subpersonalities on the soul as a carrier. What is a subpersonality? It's an ordinary person, like you, my friend, or Tatiana, or me, like any other person who didn't gain life, didn't attain life eternal, and transitioned to what is called hell in religions. Yes, this is painful, this is terrible, this is problematic. But the point is, not in what this subpersonality feels. Subpersonality always strives to… Well, again, it has to be understood. What does a human feel while being a subpersonality? For this understanding, I'll put it simply. Imagine that you, my friend, have simply lain down and relaxed to such an extent that you do not feel your body at all. This is exactly the state of subpersonality. In other words, you will remain just the way you are. But there comes a tremendous understanding and knowledge of that world which we do not perceive, which in our everyday life we regard as fantasy, fiction, something otherworldly, religion, magic, and everything else, meaning all mysticism. So, after a person leaves his perishable body, this entire mysticism becomes a reality, and the person faces a very harsh reality. He understands that he has wasted time and will never see life, not just life, but even peace. I'll emphasize right away, the state of peace is when a person is really wonderful, he has done a lot and spent at least 10% of his energy, his attention, on God's love. He couldn't or didn't want to spend more, or there were some other reasons. As a rule, if a person spends 10% of his energy on God's love, meaning he resides in practices, he really has a relationship with the spiritual world through feelings, I emphasize, it's not that he is involved in chatter in his head, in banging his forehead against the floor or against some objects, whatever. All this is theatricality. It is very important what takes place inside a person himself. This very connection between him as personality and the spiritual world, the soul, there are no external paths of any kind. The entire path to the spiritual world is very short and it is inside a human. However, it is not inside his body, but in the energy structure. Therefore, no matter how much we dissect the remains of our bodies, we will fail to find either soul or personality there, my friends. Yet, as of today, both neurophysiologists and 
let's say basically all people who study consciousness, have already proven that our consciousness is outside our brain, outside our physical body in general. But nevertheless, it is connected to the neurons of our brain. Therefore, subpersonality is what is located on the surface of our soul. In other words, it turns into an energy clot, let's call it so, which is simply smeared like a soap bubble. Yes, we take a soap bubble that is iridescent with different colors, and there can be a mass of such soapy stains on the soap bubble. Let's take a classic case which has been proven and studied, Billy Milligan, with a huge number of subpersonalities. 24 of them manifested. Those are the ones that manifested themselves, but there were also those that didn't manifest themselves. People may have hundreds of such subpersonalities. Those are ordinary people who once lived. Can they contact each other? That's a natural and logical question. Of course not. Can they contact personality? I mean the dominant one, you, my friend. Yes, they can, however, not all of them, but those who have power. And here we approach the point that the main and very important thing in that world which we are talking about, while, excuse me, it's already the level of the sixth dimension, almost under the seventh dimension. The world of energies. It's the world of energies. There is no matter there. It's already a different physics. Completely, absolutely different physics. So the most precious, the most important, and actually the most valuable thing there is precisely that power which is called Vril. There was a video about that. Tatiana and I discussed it. Yes. Or to put it simply, anti-Alad. It is clear that Alad is more valuable, but excuse me, neither subpersonalities nor third forces and the like can operate with Alat, that's to make it clear. However, with a sufficient amount of this energy which they can accumulate, the question is, how much energy can a subpersonality accumulate? You see, once a priest was asked, Father, how much alcohol can you drink? He said, well, if in the fresh air and with a good snack, up to infinity, you see. It's funny, but that's the way it is. How much energy can a subpersonality accumulate? As much as a human can accumulate material possessions or money, let's use plain language. After all, everything is fractally repeated, my friends. Have you seen at least one, let's say, truly rich person who would stop and say, I have enough? Yes, we are shown some people who make charitable donations, who donate their entire fortune to foundations, and who stop, but those are all forced situations. And most often, these charitable foundations are either owned by these rich people or by their relatives, and thus they evade taxes. They do this simply to ensure that their relatives to whom they bequeath their wealth do not pay taxes. This is simply passed down by inheritance together with the charitable foundation, while people continue to use those funds as they did before. You know, unfortunately, double standards prevail in our society. It's just that a person, a rich one, I emphasize, doesn't really want to part with his money. Why? He did his best, he accumulated, that's the meaning of his existence. It allegedly makes his existence easier, sort of improving his life. So, there are such words here as allegedly and sort of. And he allegedly has money and he allegedly doesn't have it. Why? Because as of today, a whole fortune may be gone within an instant and a person turns from rich into a pauper, and so on. However, in that world, everything is exactly the opposite. If a subpersonality 
has enough real power. Its capabilities are expanded to the point where it displaces personality. In other words, you, my friend, from your body, while you can sleep at this time, or you can, like a hunted rabbit, by means of, let's say, primary consciousness, watch the nightmare which is happening, but you cannot do anything. The body doesn't obey you, you don't feel it. You see it all as in a dream. Or on the contrary, you can feel a tremendous burst of energy. You can hear a voice prompting you, go this way, don't go that way, say this to that one, or do this here, or prompting you with those very formulas you never knew anything about. You, my friend, were like most of us, you didn't learn chemistry, you didn't learn physics. Well, here, a voice in your head starts telling you some things in physics, and you create a unique formula. Genius. Simply genius, out of nowhere. Or you hear that you are given a task, for example, to add, to subtract, or a complicated mathematical problem, and you instantly hear the answer which you say, and everybody stands up and applauds you. You attract a lot of attention, but you as personality, my friend, don't get anything out of it. As for the attention which comes in, the subpersonality which tells you that the information receives 10% of it, while the system receives 90%. And it turns out that when you give those 10% to subpersonality and 90% to the system… You don't give it. Subpersonality takes it itself. If a subpersonality becomes active, even in that kind of symbiosis, it is dominant. Personality is just a pawn in this case. Far and wide, a subpersonality leads a person through life prompting and telling him, and the person is sure that he has a guardian angel who protects him. Eventually, the subpersonality simply sets up the person, deprives him of life, and takes away everything it can. Why? Remember, friends, any subpersonality is a bitch. No matter how good a person may have been when he was alive, when he becomes a subpersonality, he becomes a beast, an insatiable, devouring, and freaking smart creature. Pardon me for the slang, but that's the way it is. Why? Let me explain. Here we have a soul, we have conscience, we have morality, honor, and we are monitored by other people before whom we want to look good. It is actually valuable to us what people think of us and what they say about us, isn't it, friends? You go out, how do I look? You say something, what will they think of me? As for a subpersonality, it doesn't care at all about anyone's opinion. Why? It knows the world, and it has power. Knowing and understanding everything, it is free from all human mindsets. Why? Because a subpersonality is really resentful towards God. Just like many of you, friends, because God didn't give, God didn't do, didn't prompt or didn't send, but it forgets that every day God reached out to it, every day, friends. But we actually refuse, as long as we are alive, everything is fine with us. But when we cross that threshold, we lose everything. Empathy is out of question. When you… you're not even disabled, you're dead. However, every subpersonality is terribly afraid of the second death. The second death has been mentioned in all your religions, friends. It is inevitable. The second and the final death. Why? Because it's an abyss. No matter how much subpersonality suffers, no matter what state subpersonality is in, consciousness, which remains, becomes much stronger. And in the state of subpersonality, it totally dominates personality. It wants to live.
Why? As long as there is a carrier, as long as there is a soul, subpersonality receives crumbs of energy to sustain its existence. You know, it's like being fed through Wi-Fi, little by little. But subpersonality shares this energy with consciousness. Consciousness shares it with the system. So there is that very transformation of Alat from the soul through personality into anti-Alat. And this world continues to exist. The system continues to dominate. Consciousness feels good. And consciousness is afraid of death. It is absolutely unacceptable to it. Because when it happens, I'll put it this way, when in this world we experience pain or suffering, our body and our consciousness are in pain. We as Personality do not really experience pain. We receive information from our primary consciousness that something is going on with the body and that we have problems. Yes, we try to compensate for it all. But sometimes, you know, let's be honest, almost 99% maybe a little less, of our population, maybe I'm a little bit wrong, don't even know that they are personalities. They live believing that this is my hand, that this is my foot, this is my body, I'm sick, my tummy hurts, I have little problems. Due to the activity of religions and everything else, a human is so much disconnected from true reality due to the fact that the knowledge brought by the Prophets was distorted. Prophets mentioned that you, my friend, are Personality, you are eternal, you can live forever. They mentioned how easy it is to achieve this, it's enough for you to just love God, that God is one. And that was the truth. But consciousness twisted everything, and many people succumbing to consciousness brought this world to the state which we now live in, a world in which, you know, I have a feeling that this world is really run by subpersonalities. There is no other way to put it. Look around. There is inhumanity, dishonesty, murders, double or triple standards. This is just terrible. So, a subpersonality really has nothing humane. And the most important thing for it is energy. The real energy which it can accumulate and relieve its suffering. This energy works for it like, you know, food for the hungry, like a painkiller for the sick. Indeed, when it receives real, it gets a relief. But when a subpersonality replaces the living personality, it becomes an ordinary living person. It's the second life for subpersonality. It's complete, complete capture of the body or the vessel. Absolutely complete. It lives the way it did before. Yes, 100%. It feels the same you feel now, my friend. Both tactility and everything, kinesthetic. Not in terms of spiritual search, but in terms of physical sensations, including tactile and all other perceptions. In the same way, it can eat, it can be sick, it can do whatever it wants. Just like any human being. Isn't that valuable to it? It's very valuable. In addition, it uses the life energy of Personality itself. But knowing very well that this energy quickly runs out, a subpersonality often economizes. It's one thing to have one life, but it's another thing to have two lives. After all, when a subpersonality begins to dominate and live in a human as a human, it consumes slightly more energy than an ordinary personality.
However, that personality keeps consuming energy, just as it did before. If we take a tank of gasoline, and imagine, if consumption doubles, we will cover far less mileage. So, it means that for the most part, subpersonality spends its own already accumulated energy, no, right? No, for the most part. Subpersonality strives and tries to accumulate energy. To intercept, to accumulate it. It spends very little and, with few exceptions, usually on suppressing personality, on transmitting some information or communicating with other subpersonalities. And here's the question. Can subpersonalities contact each other? I said they do not contact each other. However, only a strong subpersonality is able to contact other subpersonalities. Why? This contact requires Vril. Only the one who possesses these funds at their level can become dominant among them. Igor Mikhailovich, in the case of Billy Milligan, for example, it is quite obvious that there was a whole micro-society with its own hierarchy of subpersonalities inside this man. How are they organized there? Who is the boss there? The boss is the strongest subpersonality. This is a classic example, by the way, but there are many such examples, in fact, those that have been studied, let's say, when there is a boss, meaning the strongest subpersonality with a large reserve of energy, it can connect. Why? When it connects, if the boss itself connects, it lives. It is clear that there are energy losses here as well. Despite the fact that the life energy of personality itself is spent, it is not very profitable for the personality itself. It is much more profitable for the boss to connect another subpersonality. Why? Then a subpersonality gets only a morsel of attention if it is doing something. Let's say it procures attention or takes someone else's life, takes someone else's energy, then 10% are received by the subpersonality who has done this? Well, 90% are taken by the system, but of the remaining 10%, 90% is taken by the boss. That's a personality which gave it the energy. What a taxation is there? 90%. It's big. Only 10% remains. And look, there is a correlation here. Let's say, in order for a person to attain peace here, he should give 10%. 10% to the spiritual world. Yes, direct them to the spiritual world. While there, in order for a person... To get at least some access, right? Certainly. At least some powers and opportunities. At least some opportunities, he must give 90%. If a person here gave 90% of his attention to the spiritual world, he would gain life eternal. That's the point. Giving 90% to the system here. Right, and still… You will also give 90% to the system there. Right, and we still see mathematics conditioned by certain physics. Igor Mikhailovich, there is the following question. Yes, it happens that subpersonalities, let's say, help the host intellectually a little bit. But there is another situation, where subpersonalities connect to a person and make him commit crimes, such as serial murders, People become maniacs and so on. It's not even people who become maniacs. It's a subpersonality that does all this, as it turns out. Why so violently? No, it's not always so. It's not always like that. I have to say that there are also personalities who become maniacs. As a rule, they are wannabes, who seek to attract the attention of many people. Why? Because there is a lot of talk about maniacs. They commit some series of murders and afterwards they go and surrender themselves. 
that is, they want this publicity. It's very important for them to draw attention to their persona. It's very important for them that their name and their face is seen by a lot of people. To perpetuate themselves. Absolutely right. I mean, these are people who are preparing to become a subpersonality. Quite often, yes, a subpersonality can nudge, but not control. It can nudge. You know, sort of a quiet advisor, a voice in the head. This one can control. But far and wide, or I'll put it this way, frankly and bluntly, in the vast majority, in about 95% of cases, it's a subpersonality. Very rarely it can be third forces. Third forces can influence too. Again, what are third forces? We had videos where we talked about this. Third forces are those who are in the shadows. Watch and read, friends, let's not digress. So, a subpersonality that replaces personality by committing, let's say, that very series of crimes, murders, and so on, thus takes the lives of those victims whom it kills. It's not subpersonality that kills, it's the body of the personality it has captured that does that. Does it take away prana? Of course! This is sheer profit. Let's look simply. Maniacs and murderers mostly kill young people and mostly women. Why? A woman has an advantage, she has more alat, more energy. A carrier of alat. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why women live longer than men, and there are many other things. For example, by killing a 30-year-old woman who can live up to 80 years by her energy state, a subpersonality gets 50 years of life, it gives 90% to the system, five years are left for the subpersonality. And what if this maniac kills 50 such women? In other words, for five years it can live as an active subpersonality and completely predominate over the personality. 100%. Over its host. Five years of life. Life is counted as a year of human existence. Imagine he killed 50 women. This means that he has a reserve of 250 years at the very least. Will he stop? He'll never stop. Even if he is caught, subpersonality is safe. In what way? He's already dead is not afraid. A maniac is caught and punished. Or far and wide, maniacs who end up in jail die within five to ten years. Yes, exactly. Why? Because the dominance of personality actually devours them. It gobbles them Of up. course. And if people who didn't commit those crimes are sentenced to be shot… That's even better. Mm -hmm. It's even better, in fact. Mm -hmm. That is, a subpersonality if personality has been shot, I mean the body has been shot, yes. a subpersonality receives even more of remaining energy. That personality whom he replaced could exist in that body for another 20 years, which gives the subpersonality two more years. Is that bad? And what do we see? 18, 20 years pass, or 30 maybe, and a maniac appears again with the same murder style and with everything else. Yes. What do lawyers say? if he's found. He watched too many movies. He watched movies, listened yes. to stories, he imitates, and so on. Yes, stories. Meanwhile, it's the same creature. Mm -hmm. And who is the victim here? Is the personality who has been replaced actually a murderer? No, it's a victim. Mm -hmm. Just like those who were killed by that maniac, mm -hmm. that very subpersonality. Isn't that so? Igor Mikhailovich, and when they do not complete a murder, but the victim is almost on the verge? It's the same. Here, if we analyze these cases, and there are a lot of them, we should approach this matter 
seriously, let's say. At one time, my friend and I did approach this matter quite seriously. Well, as a matter of fact, he approached it while I was like… like his friend. You consulted him? A little bit, yes. I was slightly involved in the process. So, precisely, when a subpersonality predominates, when a maniac works, it's not necessarily violence or something else, but he either psychologically or physically brings a victim to such a state where the victim believes 100% that he or she is about to die. That's the whole point. At that moment, the taps are opened, and the victim loses a lot of energy. I mean, he or she literally pours out vril, that is, the victim is about to die. Personality has given a command. Consciousness, that life goes away. primary consciousness has passed the information to personality, that's it, you will be killed. Well, since you will be killed, the transition is facilitated. You know, it's like an airplane, if a wing is on fire, in order to land more safely or with less damage, so to say, you should dump the fuel. Mm -hmm. So personality does that too. With rare exceptions, if… Well, there is also a little point, why does personality do that? If personality observes that there is almost a hundred percent threat to his life, it dumps the fuel almost instantaneously. If it doesn't do that, then there manifests such phenomena, you know, as they say, ghosts and the like. It seems there is no life, it is actually hovering nowhere. But there is plenty of energy. Then we observe various phenomena. In other words, it's not a subpersonality and not a third force, but no one knows what. And this period of time may last quite long. Why? Until prana is spent. Well, the energy expenditure is much less than in a physical body. And a problem arises that's unpleasant, tormenting and scary. Therefore, it's much more pleasant to be in the state of subpersonality, although there is nothing good there either. But nevertheless, they do that. How does it affect the victim's life, the fact that it pours out such a huge amount? I'll explain. For example, a victim pours out 20 years of his life, or he dumps two liters of gasoline from his car, okay? He should have lived 80 years, but he will live 60. Subpersonality receives 20 years of life, gives away 18, and two years remain. One action of one evening means two years of life, is it profitable or not? Imagine, there is a deal, costs are minimal. For example, per one dollar invested, you get an income of two million. Not two million, okay, 365. Per one dollar invested, you get an income of 730 or 729. Is it profitable or not? Well, I'm saying it figuratively. Unfortunately, it's very profitable. That's exactly what they do. Why? Because it is profitable. To drain the real energy by any methods. Of course. And most interestingly, do people know about that? Let's take Billy Milligan again. Because he was studied quite seriously by intelligent people at that. They saw that electroencephalograms showed that those were completely different people. Right. It was absolutely provable. Mm -hmm. Our neural group glows in an absolutely the same and identical way when we live in it. It's impossible to confuse two encephalograms of different people. It's unrealistic. It's like a retinal pattern, like fingerprints. So is the work of our neural group. This proves that it was a different person. Yes. Do you know what else it proves? The most terrible thing. Why wasn't it emphasized? And why didn't it go further? I'll tell you the prehistory. My friend, a good friend of mine, defended a thesis in his time. I once mentioned that this thesis was immediately destroyed together with the documents. 
the thesis exactly contained evidence that there is life after death, let's put it mildly, and in such a peculiar form. The evidence was actually based on fundamental scientific research, including examination of maniacs and masses of other people and so on. However, when studying those very electroencephalograms and conducting psychological tests, well, it is clear that he defended his work in psychiatry with a little bit of military bias. But it doesn't matter. The man simply had such a job. He uncovered something that really scared many people. And a lot of people who studied, in fact, he and I met people who studied maniacs, psychiatrists, investigators and the like. They understood perfectly well what was going on. But all of them were scared. Do you know why? I'll give you a simple example. You and I can talk, but not a single scientist can officially come out and talk about this. Why? Because the opinion of an authoritative scientist who shows and tells it all based on evidence would be a disaster for this world. Well, the fact that we say this, well, it is us who say it, it's our personal opinion, right? Can it really affect this world, so to say? Now look here. If an electroencephalogram changes when personality is replaced, it means that our brain is merely a tool that performs the function of receiving and transmitting information. Let's say, it's a young superstructure, while the ancient one plays the role of that very animal brain, like that of monkeys. Do I make myself clear? The brain indiscriminately retransmits everything that is given to it without any critical analysis. Absolutely right. So I'm saying it once again. Do I make myself clear, friends? In other words, a human being is something much more complicated and totally different than what we are used to. And this knowledge is so dangerous, strikingly dangerous. Why? Because it undermines everything. All institutions simply collapse. I'm not even talking about healthcare and psychiatry. Definitely, there are plenty of problems. Firstly, politics. Secondly, all, I emphasize, all religious institutions simply stop functioning the way they used to function. To put it mildly, why? Because the foundation and the main support in all religions is the after-death fate and people's disbelief in it. There is a play, interconnection and so on. Well, in this case, it turns out… To be pure knowledge of that. Pure knowledge. It turns out that life after death exists. It turns out, my friend, that you will not die. And you have the right of choice to choose life eternal or to become a subpersonality. Again, in becoming a subpersonality, you have two options. Either a sleeping subpersonality in peace is the same as our sleep, or let's say a very deep anesthesia. You're in a coma and nothing affects you. Then even eternity is not scary for you. Or no sleep at all, constant torments. And that, you know, is like phantom pain when there is no body, but you feel pressure, burning, fears. That's unpleasant. There are descriptions in all religions, saints tried to describe it, at least somehow for people to understand. Hence, there appeared such ideas that after death, one's bones hurt, paws ache, and the tail falls off. 
All this is an allegory. Meanwhile, reality is what it is, and you won't get away from it. No one will escape from this fear. Why? Because only life gives a human the opportunity and the right to get out of here. A human enters here simply as information, and he leaves here as an angel. Do you see the difference? If it is more or less clear with religion, but how can this affect politics? You've mentioned it. Politics? Mm -hmm. Yes, this knowledge. In a horrifying way. Why? Just imagine all people understand and know that if they do something bad, they'll become subpersonalities and the punishment is 100% inevitable. If a person doesn't accumulate God's love, and there is only one way to God, through love, if he doesn't live by God's love, he will become a subpersonality. And now politicians say, you have to go and fight, kill someone. He understands the value of life. Absolutely right. While modern politics of the consumerist format… What does modern politics of the consumerist format rest upon? On enemies, criminals and so on. Isn't that true? It is. Does it really rest on love, mutual respect, benefits and everything else? There are only a few countries that more or less do not depend on anyone, do not get involved in any scandals. Their population is very small, and they have almost no crime. They have other interests there and already live practically as in the creative society. Yes, there are a few of such countries with very few people. Whereas all other countries, especially large countries, exist in the way that there surely must be an enemy, there surely must be terrorists. The authorities must justify their existence, right? Why we live so badly? And where they spend a lot of money. They just take it out of our pockets, because as soon as they take it away from you, it's already the money of the state, which means it's nobody's. So they spend it where they need it. And no one reports to you and doesn't tell you. Isn't that true? Yes. That's the answer to why criminals are needed, why we need… I'll put it simply. If the authorities were interested, or people were interested in having no crime, we wouldn't have it. If people wanted to live in peace, they would live in peace. However, a human, a human consciousness, primary consciousness… Do you understand what the problem is? We perceive a lot of information through primary consciousness because it's the first to stand in the flow of information, especially that which comes from television, something else, someone jumps and tells us somewhere from the stage. His critical thinking, what true critical thinking is, it's not in the brain, it is primary consciousness. It is primary consciousness. But it does format all this through the brain, through organs of perception. And often secondary consciousness already interferes with its logic and its understanding of processes. But the final product is transmitted through primary consciousness to personality. Both secondary and primary consciousnesses are interested in what? In the real power, in energy. They are like two egoists. They do not perceive holistically our whole organism and especially personality as the master. Why? Because consciousnesses, both secondary and primary ones, are always fighting for the Alpha. A child. Look at a child. After all, kids are always trying to dominate the family. The older one over the younger one, the younger one defends himself. You know, it's like among animals, a constant struggle for dominance. Mm -hmm. In the same way, our consciousness behaves in relation to us, to personality. If a human doesn't develop personality, even more so if he doesn't know that he is personality, then he's oppressed, he's just a creature that is being ripped off, robbed and finally killed. Although they give him hope, send him to religion, even make some religious fanatic out of him. What's the point? If there is no love in him and there is no life in him, and it's impossible to gain life by simply performing some theatrics or rituals, it would be very easy, my friends. 
You just follow certain rules and live. But try to defeat shaitan in your head. And this is really so. And without defeating shaitan, to step over shaitan, to come to God and gain life, what can be better? A simple question. But it's impossible to do that without defeating shaitan. He won't let you go to God. That's the point. Only by defeating him can you step over him and come to God. There is no other way. Well, all this is possible only through love, through true love. That's the point. So it turns out, Igor Mikhailovich, that this real power determines who will dominate, who will be the Alpha at all levels, at the level of consciousness, whether it is primary wait, or secondary. Wait, Tatiana, isn't that what we have in our society? Let me give you a simple example, and to our friends as well, because people will also say, well, it's like that with them, but not with us. But it's exactly the same with us, my friends. A simple example, eight people are sitting in a room, let's say, noisily celebrating someone's birthday. There is free Wi-Fi, and you can understand how noisy they are celebrating. Everyone is absorbed in their gadgets, browsing in their phones or somewhere else without paying attention to anyone. A person of equal power enters, they do not notice him. He comes in, sits down, turns on his gadget and he is sitting there. A weaker person comes in, they do not notice him. But if a person with greater power comes in, he doesn't say anything, he takes out his phone, starts browsing. But everyone feels tension and everyone pays attention to him. Why? He possesses more power. I mean, he may be smaller than them in size, he may be much weaker than them in appearance, but all of them cringed. Why? Because they feel the power, whereas shaitan recognizes only power, he recognizes nothing else. Why do people sometimes, when they encounter the Truth in its manifestation, I'll put it so, why do many people get goosebumps? Many have fear of consciousness, or hatred boils up, a person has said nothing bad, has done nothing, but consciousness says, who are you listening to? Run, throw, spit. Right? Isn't that so? It is so, my friends, it is. So, I'll continue the story. Why is it so that a weak and puny one dominates the rest? Let's take something else. Let's take the street. For example, street dogs, teenagers, as a rule, who should dominate? The biggest, the strongest and the most courageous one, right? Yes, the strongest one. But what do we see in reality? A small, puny and barely walking creature. Yes, he But he dominates big athletes. Isn't that so? Is he superior in intelligence? No. He may not even be able to put two and two together. But he dominates whom? People who are proficient in mathematics. Isn't that what we see in business? Yes. Often an illiterate person owns a huge Builds empires. empire with thousands of intelligent people working for him. Why is that so? A politician. He's dumb as a tree, you know this expression. The dumbest person you can think of. But he becomes a politician and we give him our votes. He comes, brazenly steals and cheats us, but we keep believing him. Why is it so? He is a powerful orator. What kind of an orator is the power of real? Right. The one which is in him. So when we start to invest attention in him, we strengthen it even more. That's the truth of life. Therefore, both there and here, the real power decides a lot. But our conversation today, as far as I understand, is about subpersonalities. 
and third forces, right? Oh, there are so many questions, Igor Mikhailovich. And the more answers you give, the more leading questions arise. The more questions arise, yes, I know. Yes, very many. It's a very interesting topic. And there is another question, Igor Mikhailovich. Is a maniac or someone in whom a subpersonality has activated a victim of the weather. There are observations, yes, I agree There's with you. There is evidence when dates of crimes coincided with certain changes in meteorological conditions, changes, fluctuations in barometric pressure. Before thunderstorms, before eclipses and the like, as well as certain moon phases. Of course there are. I'll put it this way, why? In all cases, there is weakening of the electromagnetic field. In all cases. So, weakening of the electromagnetic field contributes to the activation of a subpersonality. Again, why do we observe that recently the number of these kinds of manifestations has increased? Because our electromagnetic field on the planet is changing in general, it is weakening. A lot is linked to this, in fact. Igor Mikhailovich, what does personality feel when there is activation of, let's say, a subpersonality? Where is this personality? Is it asleep? Or does it see what is being observed? And what happens to personality when third forces influence Well, it? those are different things. For example, let's start with the influence of third forces right away, okay? What does a person usually feel in this case? He feels this at the physical level. And the first thing, any person feels, I emphasize, at the physical level, because far from everyone has mastered the energy level, let's say, special practices such as the pyramid or the chatvarik, yes, and so forth. There is a sensation of something dark coming from the right side and at the back from above. It always occurs in the same way, you know, as if a slight darkness is coming at the back of your head, like someone is pressing down on you. A person even senses how it is pressing, how it is squeezing, you know, and quite often we even see people yes. when a person is sort of hunchback, yes. as if under a great weight, as if carrying something. Consciousness narrows down drastically, the periphery drops out, that's where simply an insertion can take place, which replaces the reality that you perceive and see. So this is the work of, let's say, those very kanduks. A person's reality is substituted, he is driving, and instead of danger he sees a beautiful, free road. He presses on the gas pedal and flies from a cliff. This is simply a substitution of reality. Or, let's suppose, under the influence of a third force, a person commits a crime. An order. Yes, a command comes inside him. Well, it is that very hypnosis, only at a distance. A tremendous emotion, hatred or something else manifests in a person, and he bursts out, commits a crime, and afterwards he says, what have I done? You see, in other words, he is controlled. Especially if people take alcohol or drugs, they are easily susceptible to the influence of those third forces. Why does so much negativity often happen in this state, and then it is justified by alcohol or something else? It's the influence of certain creatures, let's say, of third forces. One more effect is the narrowing of consciousness. And a person is sort of detached, but he sees what's going on. However, he feels the body and he realizes that he himself is doing this. It's the most important distinction. A person is aware that he is doing that, but sometimes he cannot refuse or resist that power. Often he hears an order, a voice that guides him through life, okay? Or he hears the voice for the first time that clearly says to him, just like my voice, you know, why are you sitting? Stand up. 
Go and pour yourself some tea, you know, that kind of thing. So you stand up, go and pour yourself some tea. Why? You're ordered to. Only in that case, the orders may be worse and conditioned by criminal liability, so to say. But when a subpersonality acts, everything is completely different. A person can simply fall asleep. It's like sleep. Why? Because the connection of personality with primary consciousness is broken, and that's it. A subpersonality replaces the person entirely. And it's already a subpersonality, just like you, the same kind of a living being, but with an understanding and knowledge of reality. The true reality, not the one imposed on us since childhood, and which secondary consciousness gladly supports. That's it. Meaning, you wake up, and the situation is already not in your favor. And then, surprisingly, you find out that you have committed a crime, you left your fingerprints, you were seen or something else, you see? Like that very Billy Milligan, for example. Yes. And there are a lot of cases like this. There is also a different kind of influence, and it is also frequent. When a person, just like under the influence of third forces, observes from a side at the level of primary consciousness, and as personality he gives an account that he is now committing a crime, but there is a clear distinction here. A person does not control his body, he doesn't feel it at all. He feels as if some powerful force has taken him over and is doing something instead of him. And he sees with his eyes what is happening, but he cannot do anything about it at all. He cannot feel his body. No control whatsoever. For him it is horror and awareness of what is going on. My friend and I studied many criminal, serial murderers and the like, who had been under the influence of third forces, but most often those were subpersonalities. And they describe how they are seized by this power, and they cannot counteract it with anything. And there is a clear distinction here. The stronger a subpersonality is, and the more there is power in it, of that very real, the clearer and stronger it blocks personality. In other words, personality doesn't remember anything at all. They tell him that he killed what he was doing, while he says, that's not me. He passed all the polygraph tests. It was really not him. Why? Because he was asleep at that time, he simply fell out of reality, yet his body committed the crime. And here is another question. If we also take Billy Milligan, after all, the subpersonalities very rarely release Billy himself, this very personality, of course. because at very attempt to manifest himself here, he tried to commit suicide. suicide. So were such suicidal tendencies connected with the fact that he understood what the subpersonalities were doing no. and he wanted to stop that? No, that was his need. Again, the personality's mechanism is activated. It's a defense mechanism. Being well aware that his life was running out, he wanted to drain the tanks and leave as quickly as possible. Why? It's the activation of well, again, a pilot is flying a plane, and there is a fire. He understands that the engine is on fire, and there are fuel tanks in the wings that could explode. And the pilot has the need to empty the tanks to avoid an explosion, to find a site and land somewhere. That is, the need to drain live energy, so as not to remain neither here nor there not to wander afterwards in worse conditions, but to live as a subpersonality. You know, when a person, let's say, comes back into his body and realizes that this body has already been exploited by someone else, this causes 
You know, it's hard to imagine it if the person is sane, but it's possible. I would draw such a comparative parallel. It's not exactly like that, but, for example, someone has taken your car, or sometimes takes it, say, your husband, wife, or friend, it doesn't matter. And every time you get in the car, all the settings are messed up. Just imagine. The seat is adjusted differently, the mirrors are adjusted differently, your favorite radio is turned off, some other tune is on, or, for instance, some other program is set up there, right? And the tank is not full. <laughs> yes, and as always, the tank is almost empty, the car is dirty, and plus, there is a lot of garbage in the car. Is that annoying? It is. Likewise, personality who returns to its body after exploitation feels that the body has been exploited and it's not the same. And every time this aggravates and oppresses personality very much, and frightens it, of course. After all, if a human as personality did not engage in his spiritual self-development, First and foremost, why? Because, yes, theory is good, Tatiana and I are telling you theory now, right? But, my friends, until you, yourselves, engage in your own spiritual development, precisely spiritual development, you won't fully understand the entire complexity of what we are talking about. Why? Theoretically, we can imagine or understand something, but when you experience it in practice, when you see it, and when it becomes the same everyday reality to you as today's breakfast, everything is natural. It's difficult to understand that. Why? Because we were brought up this way. Since childhood, we were told that it's impossible. And when we faced something, I mean otherworldly, we received a lot of contradictory information that didn't really correspond to the facts. Unfortunately, this is true. Such is our world, you see. Igor Mikhailovich, there is the following question. If we see that when a subpersonality takes over a person's body, his or her electroencephalogram changes, okay. let's say, is it possible to invent some new technology that would be able to detect that a new personality, subpersonality, has just entered this vessel? And would it be possible knowing that the subpersonality's intentions are not to give some brilliant formula to the person, but to commit some kind of a crime, for example? To fill up its own tanks, right? Yes. Can this be prevented? I don't know, maybe Vajra, maybe the Eye of God technologies. Well, yes, you and I once discussed the technologies which… Do they make it possible to deactivate, to see and, let's say, timely deactivate the subpersonality? Okay, let's suppose… What does that very Eye of God device see? The one that already almost ceases to be unreality. What does it see? Again, it sees the work of our brain. You know, it's like on an MRI or an emission tomography machine. In other words, all this is glowing. It is even much cooler and more visible than on an electroencephalograph. It is really like every person's imprint. It is particularly stable, so to say. And it belongs only to that individual. It's impossible to confuse, just like by one's retina or fingerprints. And we can see a person wherever he is at any moment, okay? Let's suppose we set up artificial intelligence as soon as changes take place at this point, after all, 
This device, we watch this on the prototype. This device can actually distinguish a replacement. That's true. And we see that personality is replaced by a subpersonality. But this is not a crime. The goal is unknown with which… Should we immediately apply Vajra? Yet, as you and I discussed, Vajra has an ability to… I mean, if we connect to brain neurons of a certain person and can read information about his state… Well, we had a whole video about that, let's not repeat it. So, if we receive information, it means we can also transmit this information to that point. While the brain is a connecting link, hence we can either completely turn off the brain function and the body will die, or we can partially dump it and drive a person into a state of, let's say, deep sleep, meaning such a state when the person is immobilized, in a deep coma, so to say. He can do no harm or anything else, and then we can cope with the situation. Yet, how can we determine that? After all, a human thinks by means of images. Yes, images, I agree. If we study, for example, a cow, okay? Let's take what kind of a cow? Black and white. We see a black and white cow. We see it in our head or looking at a photograph. And we have a certain group of neurons flaring up. Every time we see that cow, the same one or similar to it, but black and white with certain spots, a certain group of neurons flares up. We detect this, and artificial intelligence memorizes it. Then a red cow suddenly appears. There is a difference. It's already a different pattern. Yes, certain neurons are added, while some are turned off. We memorize this too. Thanks to that, we can read, for example, which neurons flare up. Well, first of all, this is such an enormous amount of work. If our IT friends think we want something like that, you know, I'll tell you what, if you piss off a priest, let's say, an Orthodox priest, you may be hit with a sensor, but if you piss off an IT guy, you may be hit with a laptop, you see? <laughs> so, I don't want to piss off our guys. Why? Because it's an enormous, fiddly work that can take a huge amount of time. It is difficult, but it is possible. It's much easier to see that by emotions. Why? Because it is necessary anyway, it is needed. Let's suppose a person is about to commit a crime, what will happen? A surge of adrenaline, that's inevitable. A response to adrenaline. Let's analyze the situation to make it clearer. There will be fear too. Fear is adrenaline. Also, yes. It's the same. We see that at a certain point, according to GPS, to within a centimeter, let's say, there is one person and another next to him. A release of adrenaline occurs in one and in the other. Whereas afterwards, the entire neural group goes out in the second person. It means that one of them kills the other. Is this logical? Friends, do you think this is logical? It is logical. It means that it won't be difficult to find a person, no matter where he hides, it's impossible to shield that at all. So anyway, security forces come, and no matter where he is, they take him and charge him with a crime, right? Well, it's already a fact. 
It's a committed crime if it is proven and so forth. But can we prevent it in any way, for instance, to make it so that a person doesn't run away from the place? So we use that very tool, as we said before, the Vajra, and we immediately put that person into a coma, okay? And the criminal stays at the place. We see where he is, and specialists arrive. Now let's analyze the situation in a different way. That's everything we see. We see flashes. The system identifies. One of them is John Smith, and that one is Peter Brown. In our opinion, Smith killed Brown. We put Smith in a coma. And the police moved to the place. They arrive and see a situation. Two young men, for example, have come to a cliff. Or two young men walk in the woods, I'll put it simply. And a wolf runs out at them. Okay? Both of them get scared. A surge of what happens? Adrenaline. Adrenaline. One man manages to climb a tree a little bit while the other one, when running up to the tree, gets bitten, say, in the cervical, I almost said spine, in the cervical area, by a wolf. The arteries open up, the person dies almost instantly. That is, the wolf has gnawed him to death, and we identify that as Smith killed Brown, put him in a coma so that he doesn't run away, he falls from the tree, and the wolf gnaws him to death as well. Can such a thing happen? It can. Just look, how many difficult questions are raised, right? Yes. Or, well, there are a lot of combinations, you know. In other words, can we discern that? We cannot. Yes, we can see that there was a replacement in Smith, that a subpersonality became active in him. Why did it become active? Because the man got scared. Fear causes what? A surge of adrenaline. And at this point, a person noticed that there were wolves there. He wasn't frightened yet. He listened attentively, became slightly disbalanced, and here, for example, as a defense mechanism, a stronger, psychologically stronger, more stable or more experienced fighter comes into play, which is, so to say, that very subpersonality. Let's recall Billy Milligan, right? In this case, as protection, the host puts forward a subpersonality that is active and strong and who quickly climbs up the tree. So… This doesn't work. It just doesn't work, you see? That's the problem, it is complicated. I just want to find some tools, perhaps, such spiritual practices as the Chetvarik and the Pyramid. Do they make it possible? Again, the Chetvarik and the Pyramid will make it possible to protect the person, to timely reveal, Attacks of third forces. But not subpersonalities. Third forces, but not subpersonalities. What about Galliars? Yes. By the way, the function of Galliars is to protect human personality. The question is, where are they? This is good. These are really people who embark on the path of service to the spiritual world. Their purpose and task is to protect people from that side, from the invisible side. But let's be honest, where do we get them? for today and for tomorrow. God willing, maybe there will be something. And we will have such a function too, let's put it so, right? As for what we have today, I understand that those willing will say, I'm ready, and so forth. Friends, let's face the truth. After all, most of those who want to become a Galiar, to take the path of service, they merely want to get to the Vajra, let's rename it that way. I mean, to those capabilities that they can use, 
not only against our personality, but against personality as well. After all, a hammer is a hammer, my friends. The hammer was created for building and making things. How many times has a hammer been used in crime? Plenty. Isn't that true? It is, while it is for building. Right. It was created for building. So when a person goes with intentions of getting tools and not serving God, no one will give him those tools. That's one problem. There is another problem. We even started that project and so forth. But what does Geliarship imply? Let's be honest, it implies that people should be 24 hours at work. Right? Especially in view of the state of affairs we have in society nowadays. Like nowadays, right? Not to mention something else. Let's just digress a little bit. The number of suicides, which has skyrocketed in Poland, Yes, we understand that there are now a lot of refugees there and so forth. There is sort of a difficult situation, but suicides are not among refugees. But among the local population, have they watched too many horror movies or what? Or rather, someone hungry has migrated to their territory and wants to eat. Let's face the truth, my friends. So, the function and the work of Geliars is extremely important and necessary. But, yes, we started this project, all our friends know that and so forth. But a person has to be involved 24 hours a day. A human has natural needs, let's say, accommodation, food, clothing and everything else, right? It's a necessity, such is the world. He cannot feed on prana from the sun as it was invented, or anything else. The body is the body, it's physics. These are basic matters, so they have to be supported and provided for, right? Right. Well, given the current situation, I'm sorry, friends, but I'm telling you openly, the business owing to which we supported many projects at Alatra, including this one, has simply been destroyed. It's gone. It is clear that, some will say, there must be a rainy day fund just in case, in case of destruction or collapse of the business. There must be funds that would make it possible to restore the business elsewhere, and so on and so forth. Well, our friends also know that in a situation like ours, we knew it was inevitable, and we talked about this. It makes no sense to keep funds or a rainy day fund in a bank. What have we seen? There are restrictions and many other things. Even if banks are preserved, we have a few that are preserved. But they have limited the use of these funds very strictly. We knew and understood this very well. So, we were advised the best thing to keep funds in cash and in fireproof safes, right? Right. So, friends, I'll tell you honestly. Fireproof safes are such nonsense. You know, they burn with what's inside them, along with the house. They melt down. <laughs> they melt down, right. So, unfortunately, many projects have halted. When will we be able to restore them? Well, maybe we'll be able to restore them, God willing. But that's not the point. I'll tell you the following, you know, in order for this work to be really effective, there has to be a directly proportional or equal number of those ones and the other ones. For counteraction, then people will receive freedom. There was tangible help from this project, and it could have been a very good help, I understand. At least, you know, as all egoists say, at least it is good for the Alatra people. Well, that's the situation. So now people are basically left on their own. How to protect oneself from all this? What is the remedy against, let's say, those subpersonalities and the influence of third forces? 
The best remedy, excuse me, friends, I'll tell you frankly and honestly, taking into account the substitutions, the changes and many such factors that were introduced into those ancient remedies, today there is one remedy, it's Alatra. This is true, friends. Well, you cannot cure other people with it either. I mean, you cannot tell a person who has been weak as personality, who has allowed activation of his subpersonality. You cannot control whether he matures spiritually, whether the positions of personality are strengthened. Tatiana, or he... you see, well, if assistance is given to them from the outside, right, you won't be able to control, won't influence the freedom of one choice. One mustn't influence a person's freedom of choice. One must not. Each person chooses for himself whether to live or to die, whether to be a slave or to become a master. Do you know what I remember, Igor Mikhailovich? After all, it is clear that nowadays it is the time when not all personalities are free enough to immediately perceive the knowledge. A lot of people go towards the knowledge, feel the truth, but unfortunately there is the consumerist format and there are a lot of people of the first type. But it's very inspiring that people who have already encountered the truth, who are maturing spiritually, can somehow, in one way or another, indirectly support other people, at least for the work of mirror neurons. That's right, to show to others by their own example, Mirror neurons, my friends, do play a role. When you change and everything in you really changes, meaning when a person develops spiritually, his habits change as well as attitude to people and everything else, well, it's impossible not to see and not to notice that, you know. I would even put it this way, the inevitably dead people can feel the alive ones. I'll give you a simple example. Let's compare the living and the dead. I'm sorry, this is… well, I'll be blunt. Why apologize? If you close your eyes, any person, if he closes his eyes and a million people would be standing next to him, walking by with his eyes closed, he will identify every true Alatra person. Why? Because he won't be able not to feel life. You know, I would compare this to a situation when you walk in the darkness and lanterns are on, where there is no light, there is emptiness. But where there is God's love, there… there is radiance. That's the point. That's why it is so important not to isolate oneself, but actually to be among people in order to support them. This is important, to be among people. And again, what is service? Service to the spiritual world, here, in this world, means expansion of His positions in every human being. Yes, not everyone wants to hear this, but we have to understand that shaitan is strong. When a person hears about something spiritual, his first reaction is, leave me. Who says that and why? Who drives you away? Shaitan in that person. You can leave him, or you can impose. However, love cannot be compelled. But when a person would understand, no, at least theoretically, that the world is much more complicated and would begin to pay at least a little bit of attention to how his consciousness works, whether he's a slave or not, who he is and what he is. You know, many people say, what are you telling me? It's my thoughts, right? Simple examples. So if a person begins to work on himself at least a little bit, he will see that the world is much more complicated and not everything that he was taught since childhood is true. That's also a tool, also a help, right? Let's put it this way, to at least give a person a hint and say, 
try this practice or that one for self-development, then something might wake up. But you cannot force it. You cannot force a person to become alive if he has condemned himself. You know, I really pity people, to be honest. There is simply a lack of understanding and knowledge. People really do not know how the world is arranged. They only know what they've been told and what is supported by the masses. If the truth really sounded the way it is, if those scientists, just like my friend, by the way, didn't hide behind their understanding and knowledge because he was like, how can I voice this? They won't understand me, humanity is not ready for that. If you know, then why is humanity not ready for it? A simple question. And what is it ready for? For being slaves of shaitan? For hating each other? But you know. So why doesn't another person have the right? They won't perceive, they won't understand. Yes, they won't perceive and won't understand. But there is scientific evidence for that. It's a simple point, and there is too much evidence. At least, if we take those very sub-personalities… Indeed, there are very many of those scientists and those people who have faced these kinds of situations… A great many. …and who understand perfectly well that it doesn't correspond to any logic in any They're way. They're scared. It doesn't correspond to anything that is known in science. I talked to many people, again, together with my good friend. We talked to them, and they were all scared. Many of them didn't want to talk at all until, you know, we had to use some psychological tricks in order to talk to mental health professionals so that they start talking, like those very sub-personalities. One thing everyone admits is that they are afraid. They are afraid to admit, even to themselves, that such a phenomenon exists. They are afraid that it will be discovered. Well, the wisest ones actually said that the world would change. Just like when my friend was defending his thesis, they say, if the world finds out, the world will cease to exist as it is. My friends, are we really satisfied with the world? as it is now. I really want to live in a world of truth and not lies, in the creative society. That means we should build a creative society, right? Yes. That's where the truth triumphs, friends. Why? Because there is no business, no business on people's lives, you see. Neither in healthcare, nor in politics, or all the more in religion. You see, in other words, the truth should prevail over everything. That there is the Lord, that He is one, and that each of us, comes here in order to gain life and not to be a slave of the dead, of third forces, of some politicians or of someone else. Doesn't matter whom, a human is a free being. He must become alive. He must definitely live forever among the worthiest, because he's a human. That's the meaning of everyone's existence. Everything else cannot be compared to that. I'll say once again, each of us feels that he is here, with a special mission, that he is needed here for something, since he is here. So, my friend, you are needed here to gladden the spiritual world, to come as a worthy one to the worthy, and to become equal among the equals. That's what you are here for. Whereas if you believe that you are a hero, that you are a true hero, you are above ordinary angels, then become a bodhisattva. The world is actually in front of you, there. But do not play then everything will be in place. And this is true. We have a pretty candid day today, don't we? We are telling people a lot. We apologize, friends. And by the way, regarding the apologies, I'd like to apologize for 
the extraneous noises, voices and so on in this video. This is due to our being in such conditions. Well, we had a choice, either to talk to you today, or not to talk, because of the hindrances. But tell me, if there are hindrances, should the Truth not sound or what? If our shaitan in the head, our consciousness, distracts us and tells us all kinds of nonsense, should we be distracted by his nonsense and listen to him saying that there is no God, that the world is the way it is, that man is a wolf to man? Or should we intensify God's love within ourselves and gain eternal life? Or should we still listen to shaitan and become a subpersonality? A simple question. We should love each other and we should serve each other. That's the point and that's the Truth. So Tatiana and I decided to let people frolic, have fun, talk, make noise, do construction and whatever they want. It's unimportant what's going on in periphery. It's important what we feel and what we strive for and what we are here for, friends. Right? It's much more important, while people have the right to make noise, talk and do construction, it's not them who came, it is us who were forced to come to them. And we proceed from what we can do. We apologize. Igor Mikhailovich, thank you very much indeed, because even these circumstances in which we are recording the video are also kind of an example for many of our viewers of how not to pay attention to extraneous noises in the head or, let's say, to various obstacles in the way, that you should firmly act if you have chosen a goal for yourself, while the most important goal is actually spiritual development Absolutely and right. the formation of an angel. The formation of life eternal. This is the most important thing. That nothing should stop you in that. Friends, I'll even put it this way. If you really embark on the spiritual path and life throws you a lemon, make some lemonade for yourselves, for your journey, and pay no attention to anything, then everything will be fine. And remember, friends, even if due to some circumstances, well, due to laziness, due to problems, due to your love for work or whatever else, you do not find time and strength to gain life, then at least earn peace, deserve it. Why? Because when we become a subpersonality, we change. A person is no longer who he was here. The dead are the dead. And sometimes they inflict a lot of misfortune on their relatives and friends. People don't even notice that, while the dead begin to take away people's lives. This doesn't mean that we constantly think about the dead or yearn for them. Clearly, this is a direct conversion of one's own life into what is dead, to make it easier for a subpersonality. But the thing is that the dead cling to us. And sometimes we start having a lot of troubles, diseases, failures, anger, quarrels, and everything else in our lives. For subpersonality, any release of energy means food. So in order not to tyrannize your relatives and loved ones, not to take their life and not to spoil their life, 
There should be at least sleep, yet life is better. Especially if you can achieve that, right? Nothing hinders anyone. Also, you know, Igor Mikhailovich, you once said that in the end times a phenomenon will be observed when the dead will come to the living more often. Unfortunately, yes. Everyone understands that we live in such a society when people are sort of not protected. And it turns out that subpersonalities have as many opportunities as possible to become active through a weak and immature personality. That from this perspective too, Unfortunately, they come into this world and dominate as well. This is also true. But again, as of today, I personally see a way out in the creative society. But maybe someone has better suggestions. Only an ideal society can be better, right? Well, my friends, everything should happen in stages, then it will be right. Igor Mikhailovich, you once said that the number of those maniacs, serial killers, grows proportionally with the growth of the population. Of the population, yes, this is so, this is actually noticed. And there is a certain pattern in that. You see, the more people there are on the planet, the better it is for the creative society, but the worse it is in the consumerist format. And it's not so much due to the number of people, but the format itself, the format that deforms people inherently. And it makes it easier for a subpersonality to get to power, to replace personality. That is why we see such a correlation here. The more people there are on the planet, the more maniacs and murderers emerge. Meaning those very active subpersonalities are nurtured. They are nurtured, absolutely right. Their active subpersonalities, say, during their worldly lifetime. During their lifetime. There were those who could accumulate energy. And in this case, it doesn't matter who a person was. I mean, he could be a popular singer, who was often paid attention to and so on, and he suddenly died. At the peak. At the peak of his fame, right. But there is a huge reserve of the power of real in him. Naturally, when a person gets to the other side, he begins to understand reality. And what is inaccessible to us here, in our understanding, it all falls into place there. A person understands what life is, what death is, what a subpersonality is and what his prospects are. What does he begin to fight for? Like an animal, for survival. He wants to get rid of the feeling of eternal hunger. The more there is power, the less there is hunger. He wants to get rid of suffering. And for him, the real power is like a painkiller that makes his life easy and beautiful, so to speak. Therefore, what will he do? He will fight the easiest way. I would say it is one of the only ways. Let me explain, friends, because I might confuse you. When a subpersonality is recalled, or when it recalls its family and friends, it's like a leech sucking on, let's say, its family and friends and so on. And in this case, when people quarrel, when they are sick or something else, a subpersonality can suck energy from relatives. Or when they recall it, they actively feed it more. But those are all crumbs. Yes, this allows that subpersonality to satisfy its hunger a little bit and take light painkillers for severe pain. However, when it replaces personality and when it simply takes someone's life, it really becomes the master of the situation, it becomes stronger, it is satiated and it has no pain, you know, it becomes sort of a beast with a fairly wide range of capabilities. This 
really takes place. Well, there are other scenarios when people, let's say, gain these skills and abilities. Again, let's consider the priestly institutions that engage in exorcism, or, for example, people really engage in deep prayers, like mantras and so on, meaning they enter an altered state of consciousness. Willy-nilly, they start playing with energies because they begin to feel them. They start paying a little bit of attention to their consciousness, because they see that an attack comes from there, or on the contrary. Let's say they start serving consciousness, meaning there are all those otherworldly games. Let's take another case. Nowadays there are very many various retreats, all kinds of trainings, hypnosis, astral journeys, and so on. People as if have gone crazy and indulge in all that stuff. But why have they gone crazy? And why do they indulge in all that? Why is it so fashionable and interesting? Has anyone ever asked themselves that question? After all, the last outbreak was over a hundred years ago. And what did we experience? Isn't that what we experience nowadays? Such cycles, you know? Yes. And again, the increase in the number of people means everything is more serious and more intense. Again, everything has a pattern. What if the number of people reduces? There are certain programs among, let's say, powers that be to reduce the population… From 8 billion to… to 500 million. How will that actually affect the lives of those sub-personalities and their influence on people? The lives of sub-personalities. I understood your question. How will that affect people and sub-personalities? Let's talk about sub-personalities. I'll give the following simple example, since they are dead. They are in a prison, so to say. Imagine, my friends, that within a certain territory there are ten prisons. And due to climate change or some economic changes, Nine prisons disappear. Each prison, let's say, had 1,000 people living in it. They were designed to accommodate 1,000 people, okay? And those released 9,000 prisoners go into one prison designed for 1,000 people. So there are already 10,000 in it. But every prison had its own crime lord, okay? It's a person who supervised criminals, an authority among criminals. And now there are ten crime lords in one place. What will start? A fight for being an authority. A new hierarchy will be formed. New hierarchy, certainly. Well, the hierarchy is simple there. If in our world the hierarchy means the one who has more money is right, in that world the hierarchy means the one who has more vril is right, or the one who has more power. Everything is actually simple. Well, the prospects in the consumerist format of society appear to be not too bright, so to say, but disastrous, to put it bluntly, for the spiritual formation of people and their mental health. You know, the consumerist format has become obsolete. Yes, we can still exist for a certain while, but that time is not very long. Everyone knows and understands this very well. Even if we do not kill one another, the climate will put an end to everything. That's natural. Such a situation cannot last for long. You know, I would put it this way. Let me give you a simple example. You have an electric kettle at home and there is a hole in it. What will you do? The hole should be patched. What if you fail to do that? I'll throw the kettle away. Here's the answer for you, friends. It's not me who said this. But it's the truth of life.
Therefore, either we patch the hole and build a creative society, or they will do to us what Tatiana would do to her cattle. Such is life. And we should face the truth, my friends. Then everything falls into place. Right? Right. That's what I mean. Igor Mikhailovich, you and I discussed that in the Creative Society even 50 billion people will be too few. How will that also affect their psychological development, the development of their personality? Very positively, I think. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, you and I gave an example. Let's suppose if today there are 8 billion people, we would reduce them to 500 million, okay? What would happen? increase the density. Well, in this case, there will be rarefaction. In other words, a huge number of people with absolutely clean filters will appear, or, as they say, with pure souls and tremendous prospects. Thus, people will have such an opportunity that they will just have to push the door to the spiritual world with their finger and come out. Thank God grant everyone will know Truth and verity. instructions of how to use that wedge. You know, Generally speaking, our consumerist format restrains a lot, in the spiritual plane as well. Right now we are telling the pure truth, all people should know about this. Why? Because it concerns our life, it concerns our safety exactly on that side, which we do not notice and do not see, you see? But there has to be hygiene in our lives. Why? If we do not work on ourselves spiritually, somebody will attack us and somebody will eat us. And that's normal. People should be clearly aware of that. But in the consumerist format, yes, I agree. I agree with my friend, although we argued about it for a long time, and there are issues which the two of us have never resolved. Why? Who is right? Who is wrong? Who should be responsible? And who should not be responsible? Right? But in the consumerist format, if this is officially voiced, It will undermine both political and religious institutions, it will sow chaos. You see, people are hardly ready for that on such a planetary scale, so to say. All the more with such a scientific, evidence-based approach, although, I'm saying again, it's very easy to check this, go ahead. Nobody has fooled an electroencephalograph yet, this is impossible. But we do notice that. As a matter of fact, we often execute innocent people, Yes, he's a serial maniac killer, but he didn't really kill. A dead one killed. Well, we cannot punish the dead. By killing a person, you only aggravate the situation, don't you? Yes. You do not solve anything. You merely… Strengthen it. Of course, you strengthen a subpersonality and… Let's say, if from the perspective of a policeman, you solve your problem for today, yet you create it for your successor, who will come and work 20 years after you. Why? Because he will face this very maniac, maybe in a different territory, but he will definitely face him. Why? Because if a subpersonality has started killing, it will never stop. It will be strong, and it will always invent more sophisticated ways of procuring power. Look at our oligarchs, and you will understand, friends, that no matter how much money a person makes by criminal means, he will never stop. You know, a striking example has come to my mind. I'm sorry, but I'm just giving it. A city mayor 
died in China not so long ago, and he had about 13 tons of gold, you see? I mean, he knew he would be shot if he was caught, but he kept on stealing. 13 tons of gold. Why do you need them, for God's sake? Indeed. <laughs> That's the human essence, you see. We are insatiable when it comes to money. Yet, why do we have this mindset? What is the cause of our insatiability? It comes exactly from subpersonalities and, let's say, from Vril. It has nothing to do with our lives. But our consciousness changes everything. This is due precisely to the fact that in the consumerist format people are insatiable. They cannot be sated with the amount of money. But, again, why does this happen? Because consciousness substitutes everything. After all, subpersonality cannot be sated. No matter how much real power it accumulates, it will never be sated. In the same way, the system cannot be sated with Alad, or, let's say, with its derivatives, that very power of real. Can it really be sated? Of course not. In the same way, a human in this world, in our consumerist format, cannot satiate himself with his income. This is idiocy, of course, but it's true. We have people who have trillions of dollars, and it is still not enough for them. They are ready to reshape the world, they are ready to destroy entire countries just to make more money. What for? Better earn life for yourself, idiot. Igor Mikhailovich, you've said that if, let's say, a maniac is deactivated or a person who committed a crime is killed, shot, while in actual fact a subpersonality committed the crime, then in 20 or 30 years there will appear a new maniac again. A new maniac. In other words, subpersonality may become active of course. in a person in 20 to 30 years? Well, this is a frequently asked question. When can a subpersonality become active? Always. I'll put it this way. From early childhood, we've seen a lot of examples when people, I mean kids, begin to recall their past lives. And I'll put it as follows, approximately up to the age of six. It's a common occurrence when subpersonality is active, while well, personality is weak, and subpersonality is strong. It often displaces personality, or it starts talking, robs the infant, so to say. It attracts, talks about its life and so on. Indeed, we have seen this far and wide, and there are plenty of examples of that. Reincarnation, yes. proofs, and that a child is telling, I lived there, I saw it. The child is telling that indeed. Well, take this child, do an electroencephalography of him when he is telling that, and later on, when he plays with his toys, when he comes back, he's a normal child. And you will see that those are two different people. One is an adult, while the other one is a child. Here's the answer. It is hidden in simple things. This has been done more than once, and it is really true. Subpersonality may become active literally at any age, from a child to an old man. It doesn't matter. What matters is when subpersonality itself accumulates power and when personality weakens. There are two components here as well. A strong personality, if it is stronger than subpersonality, it will never give up its position. Or, let's say, a strong subpersonality. Until personality gains strength, subpersonality can seize its territory. Everything is like in this world. Whoever has more money and more power can do more harm to the one who is defenseless. Isn't that true? 
There is also another question. Can there be sort of a hybrid impact on a person? For instance, today third forces act upon him, and tomorrow subpersonality activates in him. Is such a combination possible? Well, let's say, if the combination is such that today he is affected by third forces from the outside and tomorrow by a subpersonality, this is possible. But if a subpersonality predominates in a person, third forces cannot have an impact. That's unrealistic. Or vice versa, if third forces already predominate in a person, subpersonality cannot become active. Everything is very simple. The territory is taken over by one entity only. Sure, of course. This is well, again, both third forces and subpersonality are, I would say, suckers Parasites. from one tentacle of the octopus called the system. Therefore, they do not interfere with each other. There are certain rules, there is certain physics. It all works, and it all works quite well. So that there are neither third forces nor subpersonalities, and so that personality would have freedom. A human should engage in his spiritual development, regardless of age, my friends. Then everything will be fine. That's a very simple recipe. Igor Mikhailovich, we discussed that in the consumerist format, knowledge about subpersonality certainly undermines the foundations yes. of healthcare, psychology, and politics. But there is also an understanding within the framework of law. You know. If it is not personality who commits crime, but someone else, then one who used this very vessel, how to punish him? How to get him? There is no is way. Is it possible to punish his subpersonality? It's impossible. That's exactly the point. How can you punish someone who is definitely dead? My friend and I had very serious discussions about that. Sometimes, let's say, we couldn't come to a common opinion on this subject for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. Why? He's a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. What should be done in such a case? Since personality has allowed that, it didn't develop, yes. it has been taken over, it is definitely guilty. Hence, right. A person should mature spiritually, if we speak from the spiritual from perspective. From the spiritual perspective, right. But if he hasn't developed spiritually and has already been captured, he cannot mature spiritually. He has lost. He is unable to resist an invader, a subpersonality. What should be done? Definitely he should be kept on medications, completely immobilized and isolated. That was my friend's tough stance. It is tough. Yet I approach this from a different perspective. Can an innocent personality really be held responsible for what a subpersonality has done? How to punish? Therefore, I'll put it simply, for example, imagine that you live in a country where the president is a tyrant. He was just born such a monster, you know, simply like that. He flattered everyone, he smiled at everyone. He told everyone that he was good, that he would make you all happy and so forth. He gets to power, and he does what? He simply robs everyone. He promotes the spread of war. He destroys you, ruins your homes. There is total mayhem, and yet he lies and tells you that he's doing a good thing, he's saving you. A good example, isn't it? Now, I have a question. Do you have to answer for the fact that he's an asshole or not? Think about it. After all, you voted for him. Hence, you should be punished for all his tyranny, theft, lies and deceit, just like him, because he's a scumbag. Then it turns out that you are too. 
or not? It's not fair. What? You don't want to be held responsible, do you? No one wants to be responsible. You don't. Right, for another personality. So how can a personality answer for the actions of a subpersonality? And how can we punish a subpersonality that is already dead? Exactly. After all, it doesn't give a damn, you see? It's already punished. The point is that the medications we will use and the isolation we will arrange affect solely the innocent personality. Yes, I understand there is a legal problem here. And it is serious, it should be handled by lawyers and smart people. They should look for a solution to this issue. And there is the following point, Igor Mikhailovich. There were situations when people who had manifestations, voices in their head and so on, when they watched the video Open Experiment Pyramid, they shared that their condition actually improved. Of course. Can the pyramid deactivate its subpersonality? Never. By no means. It's impossible. You see, that very pyramid amplifies the energy structure of a person himself. It can benefit a person, a person's health. We conducted a lot of experiments on health on that very… Yes. Well, that wasn't our goal, we had made it not for curing pathologies. But nevertheless, how many diseases have disappeared from people, right? Really, such diseases that doctors could not cope with in any way. As for the impact of those very third forces, it… As for the impact of third forces, the pyramid actually blocks it completely and instantaneously. No third forces can approach, neither Kandukes nor anyone else, whoever it may be. It's unrealistic. Why? Because… In order for third forces to enter, they need an entrance. They work on it for a long time, either through someone or in some other way, or a person himself would have to create conditions, or our energy immunity would have to be reduced to such an extent that someone could enter, and so on. The pyramid solves that outright. How can it deal with someone who is inside? Inside a structure. In the structure itself. In no way, my friends. Especially since we have a pyramid with 11 tori. Again, this is a pyramid. For example, what is possible? Okay, let's consider the following option. You and I, when we were discussing this topic, once mentioned that, yes, there are other devices, more serious ones. For example, with 112 tori, our pyramid has 11 tori. Well, that device is for 112 tori. It's clear that it works differently, much deeper and much stronger. Let's say, it facilitates the concentration of the real power in one point. I'll put it in such a cautious and roundabout way. In other words, it can enhance the potential of personality. It can. After leaving such a device, a human will dominate as personality for three days. And that's it. Why three days? Because it is physics. Mm-hmm. Tatiana, it is ordinary physics. After three days, a person will feel like he's left with nothing, because he doesn't cherish what he has been given. He doesn't continue to develop it, he doesn't attain love, doesn't intensify it, he lives as he lived before. You see, absolutely nothing has changed. He lives after that just like he lived before. For three days he has enough power to oppose third forces, to oppose even a subpersonality, because personality becomes stronger. But he spends this energy on the system, on consciousness, on a subpersonality and somewhere else, meaning he has given it away. Just imagine, you have been given a large amount of money. It will be enough to live on, enough to start a business. I don't know, what kind of business would you like to start? I don't know, some kind of help, something useful for people. Useful, that's good. What's useful? For example, you bake pies very well. So to create a cafe or a bakery, 
Where are pies made? Yes, a bakery, to build a bakery, to live your whole life comfortably, to feed people with delicious food and so on. Can you imagine how much money they gave you? But you squandered it in three days, why? You gave it to one person, after all, you wanted to feed the hungry, right? Well, here a hungry cat runs, you feed it, here's a dog, and there a hungry bird flies. You barely have caught it, you've bought a net to catch it, you see, in order to feed a poor thing. That's ridiculous. But that's how we act. We pay for every thought of ours, every silly picture in our head. We pay with what we have been given for life. While missing the goal. Isn't it true? Mm-hmm. And that's it. Igor Mikhailovich, our videos are released almost every three days lately. Yes. And people know that it's a great spiritual support. When videos were released less frequently, Many people also talked about the effect, that the effect of a video lasts for three days for some people. Let's differentiate things a little bit. Not all of our videos have excessive real power, let's put it mildly, although sometimes we use more pure things to help our friends. Why three days? Due to the same reason. Instead of so that when a person… Well, we… Excuse me, I'll digress. We already talked about this, but I'll say it again. Modern cameras are digital. And thanks to that, it is possible, you know, like… In modern gadgets, there are money transfers, there are cards. You can easily transfer from one point to another by pushing a button. It's the same in that case, regardless of space or time. Why? There are two points. There is one point, the primary one, and there is the secondary point. In other words, there is a sender and a receiver. It is possible to receive it without any problems. That's why, by receiving something extra, a person feels invigorated. But by feeding cats, dogs and birds, a person drains himself, the system takes away, and a person feels weaker. Some people will say, Watch it every three days, right? We should watch a video and replenish ourselves. Recharge the batteries. Of course, and this is where the different phenomenon works, my friends. Why? Every time, I emphasize, every time you watch the video again, for example, for recharging your batteries, you recharge less. Why? Although in one of the videos we said that you need to watch it at least 12 times. 12 times. Well, you can watch not all videos, but those which are meaningful. Only then you begin to understand them. Why is that so? Because consciousness, especially if it's a powerful video with some necessary information for people, consciousness does not allow perceiving the information in full, and many people confirm that. They watched it once, watched it twice, watched it thrice, and on the twelfth time… It's cool, but I don't remember anything. Absolutely right. And on the twelfth time, they begin to understand the exact meaning that was embedded in the video, and many people watch even more. And they keep finding the meaning. Why? Consciousness doesn't allow one to deeply and fully perceive all this information that was embedded or transmitted, not only verbally, but also non-verbally. And here's a question, why with the number of viewings do we get more and more information, yet less and less energy? Do you know what the paradox is, my friends? The paradox is that, regardless of the fact that you watch after a certain period of time, you return to the same point from which you receive the information and the means of help. A simple example, you are now at a great distance away from us, in space and time. Well, some will say, we don't live that far away. My friends, calculate. 
take into account everything, the speed of the Earth's rotation along its axis around the Sun, of our Sun in the galaxy arm, and the motion of the galaxy itself, how far away will you be after you listen to our conversation? We are here now, at this point, together with you, then you get very, very far away after you start listening to us, isn't that so? It is. But you return precisely to this point, precisely here, when Tatiana and I are talking to you. And every time you watch the video, you will return to exactly the same point where you already are, and where you are already receiving information, and receiving support, if necessary. That's absolutely right, isn't it? And every time you approach one and the same water source, with one and the same mug, every time you draw that water, I emphasize, at first alone, then two of you, then three of you, what will happen to the water at the moment when you draw it? It will diminish with each mug, right? That's right, friends. And the paradox is, that, coming at this very moment, you can feel and hear us, and Tatiana and I can feel you, and we do feel you, despite how far apart in time and space we are. After all, up to this day, we feel even the first videos. To some people we want to say thank you, while to others we want to say, you know, go there yourself, where you tell us to go, our friend. And that's really true, it's no joke. Everything is felt when you gain life. Therefore, my friends, it is better to drink from the Living Source and receive God's love than all sorts of nonsense from consciousness. Life really has to be fought for. Igor Mikhailovich, by watching a video again and again, a person initially receives such support in the form of extra powers. Let's say he is strengthened as personality, while afterwards he already walks by himself because his insights are strengthened, he already gains experience. And thank God, thank God, that more and more people already begin to become a source of these waters themselves. Igor Mikhailovich, but there are videos, in particular the video Life, when people describe that they return to it again and again while being in love. In this beautiful state, they watch it and they understand that this help, this support doesn't diminish. Tatiana, I've just talked about the source of water which people come to. Let's imagine this, like there is water flowing from a pipe, and you come up with a mug and take it. Later on, at the same time, in exactly the same way you come up, it is you again. But when you are actually there, thus there are already two of you, you take water, then there are three, four, five of you, and then you already take turns pushing one another, right? But you shouldn't confuse this pipe of water with the ocean of life, friends. There, there is an ocean, and Behind certain things there is something that many of you now understand. And it's true, no matter how paradoxical this is, no time, 
excuse me, no space, nothing can diminish it or weaken it. And this is true. But, friends of mine, still it is better to use what we take for gaining God's love. It's better to return it to God, and then He will give more. And by repeating this to infinity, you become the one who eventually gives it to others. You become part of the spiritual world, and that's the point. And this is beautiful. Therefore, there is nothing better than God's love, and there is nothing better than life. Yes, I agree, shaitan is strong, but he is strong only when you give him that strength. Don't give strength to shaitan, but give your love to the spiritual world, to the Lord God, and then you will receive life, my friends. And you should start as always, with a simple thing, with love for each other. Thank you, friends, for being with us. Thank you. Thank you so much, Igor Mikhailovich. Thank you too.